anyway so we sort of messaged about this a little bit um i think recently when when the trailer had come out um paul you had you had kind of seen the trailer for werewolf by night mm-hmm. um and said that it kind of looked interesting um so i went ahead and watched it um this little sucker is 55 minutes including credits which made it very easy to watch um it's that, not really that even a movie, a movie? <laughs> no not really it is it is a special presentation is the way that they describe it like i i think of it as a special you know like um marvel is going to have the guardians of the galaxy holiday special i think at the end of the year which will probably be similar be like an hour-long thingy um this is probably going to be very different in tone to to that um but uh yeah that's what this is it's a special presentation is the way it's described uh done by marvel um called werewolf by night it's on disney plus um it is part of the mcu um despite the fact that it really has no connection during its running time to the MCU. Uh, but it is like canon and in, in the MCU. And what is Werewolf by Night? Um, it's basically, um, it is like an hour-long story um, that is also kind of an homage to like old-school monster movies, like, like Hammer movies and like shit like that. Um, okay. So um, the the setup of it i guess is that um and and my understanding is this all comes from the comics this is like sort of the monstery part of the comics of, of, of marvel comics which definitely exists um there are all these uh you know monsters out there um you know kind of kind of what you would assume with monsters you know like uh, put it this way they they never you know if, if you're wondering like they never tie it to this but i assume that this will be some kind of way that this can be tied into blade when blade comes out for obvious reasons. Um, but like, you know, there are vampires and werewolves and like those kind of monsters out there, you know, we haven't seen them in the MCU, but they exist. And, um, there are these monster hunters who, who fight them. Um, and, uh, foremost among them is this guy called Ulysses bloodstone who has a weapon called the bloodstone. I believe in the comics it's called the blood gem, but they didn't want to go with that. So they call it the bloodstone here as well, um, which is this very powerful weapon. It's this glowing red gem against monsters. And he dies off screen in the, in the beginning of the movie. He has passed away. And so what the movie is about is this like ritual where the foremost monster hunters come to like this secret lair that bloodstone had built and his widow um basically gives them a task that there is this monster who they have let loose in the uh in in like on the grounds of this like you know this compound where bloodstone lived and um the one of them who can kill catch and kill the monster the bloodstone has been affixed to that um to to the monster and they will be able to uh to they will take the bloodstone for themselves and they will become like the foremost monster hunter. Okay. And one of the, um, our, our two main characters, one of them is, um, is Jack Russell. Great name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> played by Gael Garcia Bernal. Um, and, uh, he is one of the monster hunters. And then the other one is Elsa bloodstone, the daughter of Ulysses bloodstone, who is kind of, sort of had gone away for decades and has come back to seek the bloodstone. Um, 
she is played by Laura Donnelly, uh, who I don't know for much stuff. Um, and they're kind of your two main characters. Um, and I guess I don't want to spoil too much, but I, I guess I'll just spoil some parts of it. Um, because like, not like the ending or anything, but like just, you know, stuff you learn less than halfway through, I guess. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal, um, our, our kind of our main character, Jack, turns out to not really be a monster hunter. He has sort of infiltrated this because the monster they are seeking is his friend. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal is the titular werewolf by night. Um, mm. He is, he is, he turns into a werewolf. Um, and he is seeking to like help his friend, um, who is the monster they've captured, who is the only character I knew in this entire thing. And I only knew him very randomly because he appeared in an old X-Men comic that I just happened to have when I was a kid. Um, he is the creature known as man thing, who you may know from uh, Marvel comics, um, man thing, man thing. Yeah. Man thing. Um, he goes by, uh, he used to be a scientist whose first name was Ted. So he goes by Ted. Um, but, but he is, he is the, Please, uh, Dr. Yes, man thing. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, my, my father was man thing. <laughs> my name I, is man thing, but you can call me Ted. That's right. Um, he doesn't talk for what it's worth. <laughs> Ted, Ted, Ted does not talk. He is truly a monster. He grunts and, Bogus. and whatnot. Um, but yeah. And so he is, he is trying to, um, He's he's really just trying to save Ted and get the fuck out of there. And Elsa, the daughter, um, you know, turns out like she like hates her family, hates that they just hunt monsters all the time, like kind of feels like it's like, you know, they're like assholes, basically, who like just kill these monsters and they're like fucking freaks. And she basically wants to take the bloodstone, but like not, you know, just use it for like. I don't know, it, it, they don't get into specifics, but it's clear that she's not going to follow in her father's footsteps. So the two of them kind of end up teaming up um, to kind of these guys do not have a good vetting process for the line of succession. Yes, indeed. Um, so the like, I, I don't even know if we call it a movie, but like you know, like I said, it's only fifty-five minutes. But um, I quite liked this, especially like as a homage to like old monster movies. Like, I feel like that part of it is done very well. The entire movie is shot in black and white um, with the exception of the bloodstone, which is red. Um, but everything else is black and white uh, through the movie until the very, very end of the movie where it kind of fades into color, like literally like the last minute of the movie. Um, but otherwise it's in black and white. And I think it's shot pretty well in black and white. Like it, it, it's cool. There are some nice, like weird touches to it. Um, like like so like the grounds where they're going to like hunt this monster it's like almost like a maze but like i don't know like the way i would describe it is it's like a cross between a maze and like a fucking like new orleans cemetery where it's like fucking like weird mausoleum like like buildings and ramps all over the place in there too or like you're like in some kind of weird fucking mc escher like print or something like that hmm. um but but that all ends up like kind of looking sort of cool and like being kind of cool especially when like these hunters are all I, I should mention these hunters are all going in to hunt the monster and kill it but they're also all fair game like like the the widow says at the beginning she's like like if you like she doesn't say it this way but it's basically like yeah if you come upon one of the other hunters like fucking kill him like it's one one less person which seems a little weird in <laughs> retrospect where it's like you guys all like have the same mission like hunting monsters and you're like the greatest monster hunters feels weird that you're all going to like kill each other to get this, this bloodstone, but that's what they say. So, um, that's like kind of cool. And like, they just have like, like I said, weird touches, like 
Gael Garcia Bernal, um, I really like the way, one, the way he shot, and two, like, his, the choice of, like, how he's, like, made up, and also, like, just how he holds himself. It's like, they do something with his makeup where it almost looks, he almost looks skull-like a little bit, like, just vaguely, like, he, he's got, like, bags around his eyes the whole time, and he's got this makeup on, which gets kind of remarked upon at one point that almost looks like it's, like, the edge of, like, a skeleton, but, like, in a very thin way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy, I think, who is, like, like, he's, um, you know, like, I, I feel like when he started out, especially, he was, like, kind of this, like, very, like, handsome actor, like, like, Itumama Tambien and, like, stuff like that. But he also, he plays weird, I think, very well. Like, like, he's got, like, the a very expressive face and kind of weird, like, intense eyes. And I think they're, like, put to good use here where he, like, what he reminds me of a little bit is, like, he almost plays, like, a, the way he talks sometimes reminds me of, like, Peter Laurie. If you know that is like the that the weird guy who talks like this in like those old movies, like like yeah, like like totally. like he could fucking play like Renfield in like a in like Dracula movies or something like that, like and that's a really cool presence too. I feel like it like calls back to these old uh, horror movies when they go into the maze. Like in the soundtrack, there's this like big like 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 tuba like burn burn, which like makes it sound very intense. But then, like, when he's going into the maze, it's actually a fucking dude in with, with like, a flaming tuba, like, standing next to him, like, playing this, like, but which is just, like, (laughs) it's, like, funny and also just, like, nuts at the same time. Like, nuts in a way that kind of makes sense. Like, the whole vibe of, like, the Monster Hunters in the beginning, it feels like something, like, not only out of a horror movie, but out, out of, like, some kind of, like, Lovecraft, like, short story that is, in a way, I really like. So... Yeah, like overall, I guess I guess what I'd say about this is like it is a quick watch because it's fucking 54 minutes or whatever. And um, it's different. You know, it's like, is it is it scary? Not really. There are a few jump scares. There's some there's some it's all in black and white, but there's, you know, there are a couple little gory parts. You know, there are limbs getting torn off in a couple places, which is different for Marvel. Um, But like. Yeah, it, it just felt like some like trying something different in a way that I thought was kind of appealing. Like, I don't, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to like any thing of like this getting folded into the MCU. I don't know if it will be like any of the characters from this will be. What, uh, what time frame does this movie take place in? It's definitely modern day, even though everything's in black and white. Um, the couple things that give that away are that like at one point they are in a mausoleum um the two main characters within the compound and you can see the dates of like birth and death and like there are people there who have like like their death dates are like 1986 and shit like that so it's like okay like this isn't like even though it's black and white and has been made to feel like we're in like the 40s or something like clearly we're not Mm -hmm. and also like the guards who come later on have like modern like marvelish like armor like body armor and like fucking like glow sticky like electric like prods and stuff like that that make them very much look like it's like okay this feels pretty present day or like pretty close to present day anyway so that's that's my guess is that it's like relatively present day the way it ties in um to the mcu is just like only at the very beginning there is a black and white like stylized like drawn shot of the avengers and then it kind of just mentions something that it's like in our world of like heroes and marbles that it's like a narrator and it says like it's like I forget what it says, but it's something that's like monsters like live here too. And it like kind of like pans to something else. So it's like, 
that's it. Like, it's just their way of like, kind of like saying that it's like, yeah, this is like the same world. Like, this is not a standalone story. But that's pretty much it. Do you think that's because they're going to fold it in? Or like, why why make it explicitly part of the MCU, right? I don't know. That was my thought. Like, like, like I said, like, you know, again, like, you know, spoiling this much of it, I guess that it's like they don't tie it in to Blade. Like, it's not like you hear Marshall Ali's voice or something at the end or anything. But, but that feels to me like the obvious thing that it's like, you know, they're introducing this monster thing and then you're going to be introducing a major hero who fights vampires, which have never been seen at any point in the MCU. Um so I assume that is why they're making it canon to like kind of just maybe introduce the idea that it's like, yeah, this is a thing. Like this is part of the same world. And like later on, we're going to have a movie with the dude who fights vampires. So like it won't seem as weird maybe because like we've already kind of established this. I think Disney Plus is really needs to put some content out that is not Marvel or Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I mean, they get like... I think, you know, whatever. I'm sure this story was derived from comic books and blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's it's really like, while you watch it, I feel this pressure now to like have to really like figure out, like really pay attention because this might show up in a crucial part of the Black Panther movie, right? right? Or whatever it is, right? I like guess, yeah. My- Blade movies or whatever right. it might be. But I'm like, fuck, like, I just can't keep track of all this shit. And like can't we just have something that's this good that's this weird but not in marvel mcu land sure my my guess on this is that like i think this can probably be enjoyed for what it is like you know like like to, and you know you may like it you might not but like i think this can be enjoyed for what it is like meaning like i don't think necessarily that like this is going to be some like required like viewing in order to understand blade or something else um, maybe one of these characters will be in Blade, but even if they are, I'm sure it won't be a thing where it's like like you will, you'll be lost unless you had watched Werewolf by Night. Um, so, so I think you can probably enjoy this one on its own. It's very much standalone. So, like in 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 the other way around, it's definitely a movie where it's like, yeah, you don't or or a whatever it is special where it's like, yeah, you don't have to have watched shit to watch this. Like, you know. Um, it is directed by Michael Giacchino, which is interesting. Uh, Michael Giacchino is, of course, the composer who's composed a lot of different stuff. He composed the Marvel Fanfare, um, and he's also composed Lost and you know a whole bunch of other stuff up. Um, but he directed this and also composed the music. Um, I think he did a pretty good job directing it. I, it makes the 55 minute thing work make a little more sense as well because my understanding is that he has directed some like television episodes here and there mm-hmm. but obviously not a movie but it's like it feels like yeah this is maybe the right runtime for like something he'd be used to or kind of know what to do with um they do a marvel fanfare at the beginning and midway through it switches to this like black and white and like old timey like mono speaker version of the um of the fanfare which i kind of liked uh as well i i do think i think you're right willie about like how much especially mcu content there is right now and like it's a lot i think they have to if they're not already they very quickly need to get to a place where like it just needs to be fine that people haven't seen everything and they need to assume that people haven't because like fuck like i haven't like there's lots of tv shows i haven't seen or, that take place in the yeah. MCU. What 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 would be nice 
they're never going to do this because they want you to watch everything because they want eyeballs. But it, it would be nice if like they made it more explicit, like with some of these as that it's like this one you should watch if you're going to watch the movies like 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 want like your WandaVisions or like Miss Marvel, perhaps because there's going to be because she's going to be in like a, a main character in a movie versus like maybe I, I don't even know if this is the case like versus like a She-Hulk where it's like you can enjoy this one mostly on your own. Like if there's going to be like people from other movies who come in to the to to this thing but like you know it's like you like it would be nice for them to like point out like the ones where it's like this this is something that like if you're someone who wants to like follow what's going on you should watch this series but like this one like eh, like 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 this one you can just in you know pick up and just decide what to do with it and and not worry about whether you're going to be missing something or not obviously it doesn't really work that way but it would be nice if they did they do that in the comics, right? They'll give you like the editor's footnote, and it's like you know, read Uncanny X Men number, you know, eight seventy five if you want to see Remote, that yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they need like a that. movie version of that. Yeah, but it was. It sounds like it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I like, like I said, I, I think it, I just thought it like like I don't think it was like amazing. Like it didn't. It wasn't like mind blowing, but it was like it was. F- fun and like kind of like just neat like i i enjoyed the black and white i enjoyed like just like the riff on old monster movies oh the other thing i'll say it's like i feel like there's a fair amount of um practical effect in this like the so you know he obviously transforms into a werewolf at some point like you don't call you don't say that someone is a werewolf and then just never have them transform but it's old school like they cut away for a decent portion of it they show like the art like the 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 like fingers lengthening like old school like you know like like thriller video or like american werewolf in london kind of thing um and when they show him again it is like something that could have been in like a 40s movie and and i don't mean like not in a super cheap way but like in a way that it's like in a way that still looks like kind of like fake ish in that way that you would expect something to look fake but that's like kind of nice mm-hmm. like like it is not cgi um man thing is cgi very much so um and and look cgi the black and white kind of mutes it a little bit it's definitely a little incongruous but like probably fine because like i I don't know how they would have exactly made that thing not cgi honestly um but otherwise it's like a lot of uh it's it's generally pretty practical looking and uh i think i'm also just kind of a sucker for these like old school black and whitish kind of looking movies or 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 like like movies that ape that look Mm-hmm. so i think that like i think i just kind of liked that as well but but yeah i would i would i would recommend it it's it's not amazing but it's like short and it like works you know i think i think it works decently well like it's like kind of fun i thought the whole way through were kids you ever see the movie the monster squad yeah totally i mean the the beginning of it is filmed in black and white right and the i i know nothing about the show other than what you've just told me but the the look and feel of the beginning of Monster Squad feels like the stills I'm seeing from this show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think that is I think that is fair. Yeah. It's probably on purpose. Yeah. You know. Monster Squad was probably paying homage to the classic horror movies and this doing the same thing. Right, right. Exactly. But yeah, it was good. I liked it. Did you know there was a two thousand and five movie of Man Thing? I did not. So there you go. He got his own movie. 2005. That's like not long ago for, you know, superhero movies. I know. 
Huh. Oh, thing. there was one thing I wanted to mention, which I thought you guys would particularly be interested in. Um, so the the other most of the people in this are not people I had ever seen or known. You know, other like I told you, you got your two main people, <laughs> the widow in it, um, the the evil widow, more or less. She she ends up kind of being, you know, the real bad guy. Um, is played by Harriet Samson Harris or Sansom Harris, who I mainly know um she is um in uh i think i know her mainly in probably two things um do you guys remember memento of course okay you remember uh Never heard of it you, you remember uh the the flash that backs with sammy jankis yeah uh who's steven tobolowski she is steven tobolowski's wife sammy sammy jankis's mm-hmm. wife in memento like the, oh. the one who he is shooting the insulin uh, into so so that woman she's which is kind of she's very she's a very like unassuming like kind of like very ordinary looking person um yeah and that's kind of what she plays generally um and then i think she's also in i'm gonna get it wrong a lot of tv x files csi a lot of TV. yeah 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 a lot of a lot of tv frazier you know yeah exactly but anyway, she's been around, but she's a long time TV. Actress. But the person I did want to mention is uh, one of one of the um, one of the bounty hunters or, or bounty hunters, monster hunters. One of the monster hunters is uh, who actually gets a couple lines in the beginning is this big ass bearded guy with an axe um, who seems kind of friendly, you know, in the beginning. And he seemed like someone who was like, this seems like someone I've seen before. So I looked him mm-hmm. up. His name's Kirk Thatcher. Definitely not someone I'd seen before necessarily. But. His main claim to fame, besides this and you know, just doing random things, is he is the guy on the bus in Star Trek for the Voyage Home, the punk guy who's playing the song really loud on his boombox. Oh shit! Who who Spock fucking neck pinches? The guy right. gives him the finger. <laughs> who comes back? Um... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's that guy, which I thought was awesome. And then I read a little more about that. He wrote that song, which I did not realize. Like right. the song that is playing on the boombox. Yeah, he wrote it along with like the music uh, supervisor of of the movie. And there's like a full version of it. And then I also read that he is. I don't know where this was, but like on his Wikipedia page, it said that he has a cameo role in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, I think he's on either a bus or maybe on the subway in the beginning. Um, also in a punk costume. He's, I don't think he's playing that song, but it's like kind of an homage to to that role in, in Star Trek IV. His name is Kirk Thatcher. Kirk Thatcher. Yep, that's the guy. So yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, look at that. Yeah. We had just uh, we talked about Star Trek IV not that long ago. Humpback whales. Yep. We always end up talking about Star Trek. So here's what I think, dude. Is this, there is a director, writer, producer, VFX type of guy named Kirk Thatcher as well, who is a producer on Star Trek 4. Who's also in special effects. Same guy. Star Wars Episode 6, Muppets, RoboCop. This guy's a weirdo. Yeah. I don't, why is like three of his four pictures on IMDb is he wearing like a captain's hat like from like you know uh, Gilligan's Island yeah yeah and, and a big Hawaiian shirt yeah ah he built the giant ear of Chekhov for Star Trek 2 
<laughs> That's for, fucking cool too. For the close up of the the thing. Yeah, it it looks like yeah, it says he began Wikipedia it says he began his career at 18 leaving UCLA film school to work at ILM. So, oh. so the facts guy that found his way in the in the movies. Yeah, he was the pro- Good for him. He was the production designer on David Fincher's first music videos. Wow. What a weird career this guy has had. This is great. This guy's yeah. had a great career. Yeah. It's all just all over the place. He's attached to 2022's Red Sonia also. Yeah. All right, kids. All right. 